0: coming up on the podcast the obligatory Cone brothers show because it's a film podcast kind of sometimes and we've never talked about these guys before in any way shape or form so enjoy Oh, hello, listener, and welcome to another rousing episode of the Magnificently Huge Podcast. This is episode 245. This is Chris, along with Eric and Brian. We're going to finally get around to talking about uh, the Cohen brothers, the force in the industry that have been around since their indie days in the 80s and then into the 90s until they broke big with uh, Fargo and uh, all that stuff. And uh, love them or hate them, they definitely make an impression. They are the masters of taking a genre and twisting it and making something unique and and original and uh, we're really going to just talk about the ones that uh, we like the most our top threes and then we're going to see what hits uh, as a cross reference like which ones did we overlap each other with and whatnot Uh, and then we'll take the the good uh, the medium and then the not so good because uh, they've been around for a while and their output is a little bit spotty if we're being honest so uh, tell us what you think of your Coen Brothers picks if you really feel like it you can hit us up at all the various things the email address magnum, gmail.com, and then all the social feeds you can find it, we're at maghuge.com enjoy yourself there uh, otherwise just sit back and enjoy the ride because uh, the Coen Brothers uh, from Blood Simple all the way down into whatever that last one was uh, Buster Scruggs sit back and check it out thank you
2: trek all over the land star trek as fast as you can (laughs) i don't have any more words
0: than that wow star trek six no country for old men
1: I think
3: that, yes, would, that time, would be good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> every time the show starts, I think we're going to just have a nice, normal intro and then something like that happens. Welcome yeah. to the show, everybody. Yeah. yeah you you realize that it, is Brian. our nice, normal intro.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you got you to gotta get quick on the draw, Brian. You just got to hijack the intro
1: if you want it done okay. right. Okay. Hi, yeah. everybody. Hey. He just told you, but I'm Brian. Hi, Brian. I'm Chris. I'm Eric. Hey.
0: Hey, hey, the warning zoo. Haven't done that one in a while. Okay. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, So who's enjoying watching
2: Twitter implode? Because this is fucking great. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone who's (laughs) got any,
0: everyone who enjoys schadenfreude is watching this. With I have a theory
2: that what he's doing besides just, you know, it's, it's, it's like, I think he's fucking up like everybody else, but I think the nature of his fuck up is Basically, he wants to do what happened to MySpace, which is have it completely crumble apart so that he can rebuild it into a different thing. And Mm -hmm. he thinks somehow the different thing he's going to build it into is going to give, pay back this purchase. Not be true social.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah I think but the thing is I mean bear in mind his purchase price is debt that other people are ultimately going to be left holding the bag for right right. that's the real game here he's he's trying to make sure the debt is somebody else's debt
2: right it's a 10 million they said it was a 10 billion dollar site that he paid 44 billion dollars for and it's going to cost a billion dollars a year just to pay off the the uh, interest interest on the loan
1: it's like yeah oh no and that's Twitter's problem not his yeah that's not his debt. It's Twitter's debt, but, which is yeah. what's so screwed. But it's I like a leveraged buyout.
0: But everybody, like, like certain people talk in hushed tones about what a genius he is. He's done this and this. Like, no, the man just basically knows how to take an idea and throw capital at it and then claim it for his own. He's like Donald Trump yeah. in many regards, as far as I'm concerned. But he took Twitter and thought he could just make it a platform for free speech that was unfettered because... Free speech equals say whatever the
1: fuck you want, I guess. Yeah, because he's never seen 4chan. Yeah. yeah. Like, guess what was going to happen? Yeah. And yeah. So, so everybody knows now, like, all the... They, they started selling the, the blue checks, and all the trolls <laughs> in the world started creating fake <laughs> accounts that look just like real accounts. And like, some somebody tweeted comedy. as fake A- Eli Lilly... Yeah. said, insulin is free now, and Eli Lilly Pulled lost billions appetite. of yeah, dollars yeah. in stock value, like, instantly because of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, so it's, there's going to be lawsuits for years. Yeah. I think, it's a yeah, yes.
2: My my favorite moment still is the the one that somebody made a, a fake Tesla account, Tes, you know, Tesla cars account, and mm-hmm. their post was, Breaking news: A second Tesla has crashed into the World Trade Center. World Trade Center I, yes. I nearly pissed myself laughing at that. Yeah, uh, yeah.
3: I, yeah.
0: Think my, I think my favorite it, tweet was somebody just said, uh, "Elon Musk is the Joe Rogan of Mark Zuckerbergs. Yes, <laughs> I thought, yeah. <laughs> yes. I thought that's that really sums it up I'm, right there. Yeah.
1: I'm just enjoying watching this guy's cachet get. Get destroyed by his own idiocy. Yeah, I'm hoping you know, that's the-, the
2: case, and that it isn't some like longer game. Because I I don't know that nah. it is, but I all I know is that all the engineers who are going to walk away in disgust are going to make have. an awesome site. I mean, right. maybe it'll be like what Brightkite used to be, which was the superior site to Twitter before Brightkite went away. But like, they'll well, make their own social site, and it'll actually be good because they'll they they have learned all the lessons.
1: Right. They locked everybody out of the building because he was afraid of espionage and disabled all the car- key cards. And then he was like, hey... If you're down with my extreme Twitter 2.0 where everybody works 80 hours a week and doesn't bitch about it, show up and talk to me on the 10th floor after I've disabled your key card. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, but only if you know the, the amount of dumb fuckery going on. Yeah. So basically Twitter is unmanned right now. As we record this, Twitter is running because automated systems are keeping it up. Yeah. yeah. There's nobody watching the servers. Yeah. It's, and, and, it, and if just anybody's... waiting for the Titanic to drift listlessly into an (laughs) iceberg and and if anybody's
0: (laughs) ever worked for a website you know that if you don't have an engineering department to triage that kind of shit it just nothing's gonna work yeah it's you're looking
2: at disasters within (laughs) hours yeah yeah
0: so it's, it's not really a question of if it's a question of when at this stage so. so
1: everyone's downloading all their Twitter history, and Elon's tweeting things like, "We've got the highest number of users in Twitter history." Like, yeah, because everybody's logging in to download their shit before it blows up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> tell, tell me you don't understand social media without telling me you don't understand social media. That's, that's fucking Elon Musk right there. Oh, so thanks for bringing that uh, up so there because uh, that's, that's pretty yeah, much our, that's the our weekend primary, review. Yeah, that's our. Primary I mean, like conduit.
2: Yeah. When, because nobody is going to listen to this the week we put this out, they're going to listen to it over the course of years. And right yeah. now we're in that moment in history when Elon Musk is, uh, you know, early trumping and yeah, yeah this is before he becomes, you know, the, you know, our global dominator insect president, you know, he <laughs> is just back. when he was fucking up
0: Twitter. Yeah. So now we just own small towns in Texas tax free and does whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. For now, he's like a. You know, they he sent out he's the not email even
2: like a- with the. He sent the email out with the link to the uh, Google Doc that had that thing. Yeah. You know, do you are you willing to work at a hardcore company? Right. And it just has the yes button. It doesn't have a no button. And so, a <laughs> lot of Twitter employees who heard that was coming just didn't click on the link. I thought that was right. a nice workaround.
0: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's good times. I didn't yeah, see Elon it. I don't know what you're talking about. He's not even like a. a- a bond villain he's like a bad like uh matt helm villain it's like he's like the sub-tier james bond sub-tier villain (laughs) in this regard he's
1: scott evil grown up basically (laughs) basically, yeah but (laughs) not even that cool
0: not even that cool zip it with asperger's zip it
1: yeah zip Alright. Yeah, anyway. So, so normally this show starts off with a segment where we talk about movies and shows and books and things, and the, the, it's, the, it's called The Fresh We shit. take a it's great fresh. big fresh shit, yeah.
3: This shit is fresh! Oh, shit. It is fresh. This stuff is really fresh!
0: Brian, uh, you brought bl- up uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And uh-huh. We had, a, we had a little discussion about that. Uh, that ties in with uh, some of the stuff I've been doing. Uh, so, A... I watched, finally, for some reason, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, and uh, uh-huh. that, that was effing terrible right? with a
1: capital yeah, T. Yeah, right. It was just pointless. Did, have you seen it, Eric? Uh, I, I've, I, you've, w- been, you've been all high and mighty of I'm not watching the Marvel thing. <laughs> I watched. While.
2: I I mentioned a couple weeks ago on the cruise that we watched part of it, and I was just go like, 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 basically, the last quarter, and I was just like, oh, okay, this is it's awful. Just, <laughs> it is so
0: tonally all over the map. It was like silly when it needed to be serious, and it was serious when it needed to be silly. It's like Taika Waititi just, I don't know, they, they, they threw a bunch of money at him and just said, go do this, and then suddenly they thought, oh shit, uh, we gotta reel it in, and so you could tell where Marvel tried to like, mush it into something that fits their mold, and it just it's just all over the map. It's just dumb and it's like
1: is he high on his own supply here you think is that what's happening i guess i
0: just none of it really was necessary at all in any regard from top to bottom and it was a total waste of christian bale as uh christian
1: bale is working his ass off in this movie and he's like the only one everybody else is having a party yeah it, it was <laughs> and sort of Christian like it, acting. It
0: was sort of like watching Christopher Eccleston in the Dark World. It's like he's the only person who's actually trying
1: <laughs> in this movie, <laughs> and
0: everything else is just failing all about him. It just it makes you feel sad for the villain.
1: Well, I, here, here's the thing. I was I was reflecting on this because I saw that you I saw you said in Slack that you'd seen it, and I can still turn on Thor, Rag, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. And point. it still plays gangbusters. Like, yeah. that movie holds up. And this is the same people trying to do the same thing, and they just, yeah. I guess it was lightning in a bottle, because this ain't it. Yeah. I always no, felt it was is- like the third, uh,
2: Ragnarok worked based on the context of what it came from, which is right. an overly serious Thor movie. And then some, you know, Taika Waititi came in and took the piss out of it. Yeah. It's like, you can do that once. You can't yeah. keep doing that.
1: Yeah. but I can still watch it. It it even after seeing Thor: Love and Thunder and the goofiness that you know that followed, I can still watch Ragnarok and it yeah. works. Yeah. yeah, it's
0: good. Ragnarok's the yeah. only good Thor specific movie. Let's be real. True. Like all the rest of them, like even the first Thor. I mean, it just it's passable, but it's just not great. And Dark World is just sort of it's like the Iron Man two of Thor movies. It just they they didn't really know how to progress it. And then yeah. Ragnarok came out gangbusters and blew everybody's mind because it was just so fun. And then you get this where it's sort of like uh like Revenge of the Nerds too. It's like you you just you can't rehash everything specifically from the first one that worked and think it's just gonna oh. work again, you know?
1: I oh. just realized, Chris, this is the point in the sitcom where they add a kid. Yes. This is the add a kid <laughs> yes. yeah. of Thor movies. <laughs> and exactly. they do and, and they do yeah and, fucking heimdall's kid uh, and the whole thing is like they've stolen the children and we have all this kid shit in it and it's I'll like
0: i'll make you all thors you're
2: a thor and you're a thor and you're yeah. a yeah
1: thor. yeah
0: well yeah. i mean as a flow through i mean because you in, in ragnarok you get the whole sequence where they do the the willy wonka come with me and you'll see and then yeah. they do that well this one it was like a full-on chitty chitty bang bang vibe it's like the the kid catcher <laughs> You know, stealing all the children yeah. from the villagers. It's just, yeah. it's like, come on, just, it's enough, it's enough. You're better than this, Taika, you're better. So, it was just a giant disappointment, and I i have no faith in the fourth phase movies at any stage now, based on the last few that I've seen, so it's kind of rough. But and it's almost to, over, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, sort of but to balance that reliance
2: on those tv shows i didn't watch too
0: well this is the other thing to balance out the awful of thor love and thunder i just on a lark just watched she hulk attorney at law not expecting Mm -hmm. anything and i was blown away by how good and entertaining it was i had no expectation going in and it's by far the best mcu thing that they put out in like four or five years. It was astonishing. And I think it's because they made a very solid point to just diverge from any of the MCU normal bullshit. Like the formula in the whole nine yards. They break the fourth wall. They just mangle it. They do a lot of decon- like deconstruction. And, they go
1: out of their way to yeah, not do the, the yeah, Marvel bullshit yeah. at the end. Like by the <laughs> end,
0: yeah, spoiler. By the end, like they... they like they do the big Marvel finale where all the baddies show up and then she finally just stops and goes really this is what we're doing and then she like storms <laughs> to the M- the Marvel studio's offices and demands to speak to Kevin and then the writers are like well we just thought it'd be fun to throw them all together she's like no that's terrible I need to speak to Kevin and then so she goes in and it's basically Kevin who you think is Kevin Feige is like this AI running the entire MCU universe of movies <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's GLaDOS, but it's (laughs) Kevin Feige. Yeah. yeah. And And
0: it's a a total fuck you to everything that Marvel does. And I'm astonished they even let it happen. Because it's just. They saw how
2: well Deadpool did. And She Hulk is always sort of the Deadpool equivalent.
0: Yeah. Very much. So my only quibble is that they have a whole side thing with Matt Murdock, Daredevil, uh, where he becomes sort of a a paramour for Jen Walters, AKA, AKA, aka She Hulk. Uh, but they play him for laughs, which is fine. It's the motif of the show. But if you've seen any oh, yeah. of the Daredevil stuff prior that they did on the Netflix shows, it's like that is a dark, gritty, violent, yeah, tortured series. And then to just totally throw this all that Daredevil does the Walk of Shame, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like wow. But uh, but I was astonished at how fun and enjoyable and just like effortless it, it made it all seem and like everybody griped about the cgi but i'm like I, I didn't even care i mean it it worked enough it was definitely tv budget but it still was better than most shit so uh i was i was pleasantly surprised so uh, when the best thing to get Marvel's- disney i still
2: I, i'll check it out i i still need to finish uh uh, uh, uh loki uh yes yeah. you know i don't know who kang the conqueror is but apparently i'm supposed to
0: yeah,
1: yeah. The yeah, rest of, I don't know that you're going to get much out of that. Yeah, but, but yeah, the rest of the shows have been um,
0: okay. But like, Wandavision started off so strong, and then about midway yeah. through, it just fizzled into normal MCUdom. Um,
1: well, and this is and this is my thing. It's 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 the freshness, right? right? Like it's She Hulk and the first five six episodes of Wandavision are just completely unlike the rest of the MCU, yeah. and they're they're really playing with that that whole universe in ways that are fun. Right. Like, um,
0: like, I like that Tim Roth got to come back as Emil Blonsky from the Incredible Hulk movie. <laughs> and he's a total just, like, zen weirdo. And he's not, like, this intense special forces guy anymore. He's just a guy that, you know, got arrested. He can't be Abomination anymore. He's doing time. And he's just, like, he's gotten so chill and zen. I thought that was a very ridiculous take on that character uh, but it worked. Everything about it just worked. Uh, so I applaud it. So there mm-hmm. you go. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> so
1: Chris has been marveling out. Yeah. yeah. Hook out. Interesting. Would not have thought Chris would ever marvel out. Right? <laughs> so there you go. Um, sp- well I'll, I'll go. Speaking of big budget um, pop entertainments I have been playing the new Playstation game God of War Ragnarok. Nice. Um, Did
0: Thor show up?
1: Yes. Really? You fight Thor. Okay. Well, it's the God of War version of Thor, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's kind of one of the first things that happens. Okay. Um, God of War Ragnarok is a direct sequel to um, the the last God of War game that was released in 2019, I think. 2018, maybe. Um, and it's it was a PlayStation 4 game. This one's also... PlayStation 4 and 5, and so it is like this super polished, very technically solid game, but it's also bringing nothing new to the table. It's like the biggest expansion pack ever to a game, right? It's it's like a whole new game's worth of God of War, and it's also just more God of War. Right. Um, So if you played and enjoyed God of War on PlayStation 4, this is more of that. <laughs> um, How dare they! It's a great game, but it's just not. It's just not challenging us and pushing the the medium further. It's right. just a very, very well made game. Okay. Um, but that wasn't really what I wanted to talk about. Though. I've got two movies that I want to hit. Go for it. And the first the first one is a little movie with a big cast. So Tony Colette, Anna Faris, David Duchovny, and Kathleen Turner star in a movie called The Estate. Have you heard about this? No. Yes. Yeah, so Kathleen Turner is this this matriarch. Well, she's really uh, everybody's aunt in this movie. She lives in New Orleans. She's gonna die. And so all of the other people are just playing her nieces and nephews who are total assholes, and they're trying to get her estate, trying to get her to give them her her estate in their will. And it's it's a fun premise. It's got a good cast. It kind of reminds me of like the the stuff we were getting in the 70s. You know, it's it's kind of got to some degree like um I don't know, like scavenger hunt vibes, right? <laughs> like it's <laughs> Whoa, that's a deep um, cut. That's a deep cut. Yeah, it's it's just assholes being assholes, but it it was it's like it was written by someone who knows absolutely nothing about humans. Like I was
0: <laughs> Maybe it was written by Kevin. I was
1: well, I thought I really I had to look it up cuz I'm I'm watching this and I'm like this seems like the first movie have written by some like 24-year-old who somehow knows somebody who knows all these people and got them to do this movie. Right. Because like, the character motivations don't work. Like, there's this whole bit where it's like we find out that the ant hasn't gotten laid in forever. And so now whoever can get her laid is going to inherit her fortune. Like, that's going to work. Like, that makes any sense. And it that is actually one of the more cogent leaps of logic as the movie progresses. And so no it turns out the guy is like in his late 40s or something and he's made a bunch of stuff and there's no excuse and i don't know how this got made interesting because i'm looking
0: (laughs) up now and it's the guy's name is dean craig and apparently he wrote the original death at a funeral which is one of the best pitch black comedies ever made so interesting
1: okay yeah this this doesn't this does not work um, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> the estate is is bad. Yeah, don't watch it. Don't don't me. watch it on Amazon. Just just don't. It's yeah. how yeah. Watch, how did this happen? <laughs> find find Scavenger Hunt instead and watch that. Basically, right. Play to win, everybody. <laughs> um, okay. So the other movie with an all star cast that I thoroughly expected to suck coming. Soon to a I guess Apple TV Plus Near you Is the new Christmas movie With Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds Spirited (sighs) Really? (sighs) Really? Unlikely Probably not Way better than expected (sighs) Way better than expected I just can't (sighs) believe I liked this movie Had a great time Actually laughed multiple times At a comedy Um they did it. They pulled it off. What is the premise um, they of this made, thing?
0: What is it? Tell me.
1: So it is yet another version of A Christmas Carol mm-hmm. taking place in a world that is fully aware of all of the previous versions of A Christmas Carol. <laughs> that definitely sounds like a Ryan Reynolds jam. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Ryan Reynolds, cynicism all over the place. Will Ferrell... Um, Will Ferrell is the ghost of Christmas present. He's been doing this for a while. Okay. Uh, so the, the gag is that there's this whole, like, afterlife organization like that RIPD. does this to some asshole every year. Okay. They, like, pick they pick a perp, and they walk them through their past and their present and their future and try to turn them around. And this year, um, it's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds is—he's the king, this unredeemable piece of shit. He's like the uh, king of who's high concept. Completely aware of what's happening. He's like, oh, oh, we're doing this. We're doing a Christmas Carol, like the Dickens, like the Bill Murray movie, like all that. And it's like, yeah, yeah, like that. Um, and they get away with it. It it actually works. Um, None of the stars are great singers, but none of the stars are great singers, so they're all kind of on an equal, even keel, and the singing is good enough. And the the company, the backing singers, is all Broadway people, so the dancing <laughs> and the backing singing, but especially the tap dancing, is top notch. Okay. Um. Well, this makes per- yeah.
0: This explains so much because in one of the later episodes of Welcome to Wrexham, which is the Hulu show about Ryan Reynolds and uh, Rob McElhenney owning a Welsh football team. They go to Wembley Stadium for a big cup game, and Will Farrell is just there in the box, just randomly. And he's like, Sure. And he's just like talking about how he's like the caterer and whatnot. And I'm like, Why the fuck is Will Farrell? That makes perfect sense now. They made a movie together. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <sighs>
1: Eric, I, I actually think this one would work for you. Really? I do. Okay. Yeah. Because it looked like it- something I would absolutely despise. Or- oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> terrible trailer. This is a good example of bad trailer, good movie. Uh, okay. Huh. Trailer, I, I was like, I was practically dragged to this thing. The wife was like, I want to go see it. I need something to, to put me into a little bit more of a holiday mood. And I'm like, <laughs> fine. And I go, <laughs> and nah, totally worked. Totally won me over. I was, I was shocked. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like something Eric would actually write.
0: If I'm being honest. (laughs) So maybe you can learn a thing there, sir. Uh, (laughs) I had like, I think I told you my idea for
2: uh, a Christmas Carol two. Did I ever tell you that one? (laughs) Electric boogaloo. No, what's that? Okay. It's the following year, right? And Scrooge is just about broke because he keeps giving everything away. And it's not because he's a, he loves Christmas now, but because he's insane with terror at what's going to happen to him when he dies. So he's just like, I'm trying to be a nice guy here. Take it. Take it. And Cratchit has to like embezzle funds to try and like from, from his second job so they can keep him afloat. And like he, he ends up in prison. And like, it's, it's a whole thing with his, is his daughter basically having to work the streets as a flower girl. You know what I mean? Because (laughs) yeah, it's like everything goes to shit because Scrooge can't keep, you know, his Christmas in his pants. And yeah, (laughs) because I never bought that, that because he was shown his own grave, he went, oh, okay, you win. Yeah. Christmas is great. (laughs) Wonderful. Wonderful.
0: Love it. No, I mean, that is now uh, people yeah. work. Well, I think we can all agree that the uh, Muppet Christmas Carol is the best version of the story. Yes, uh, I think so. 100%. Yes. And, and just 100%. M- and move on. Move on.
1: Yeah. Oh, and and by the way, public service announcement, they finally got a cut of Muppet Christmas Carol with the, the song The Love We Found reinserted back into it. Okay. You have to go to the extras on Disney Plus to get it this year, but you can finally watch the movie as it was supposed to damn well be watched. Okay. So now the <laughs> ending will make sense. Wow. Although, yeah, anyway.
0: Good for Disney. Wink wink. Okay. God bless us, everyone.
3: Uh,
1: Yay. Uh, Alright, who else has fresh
2: shit?
0: Yeah, Eric. What, uh, what do you got?
2: Okay, well mine's a bit more subsumed or subdued or some such word like Lay that. Me, uh, Lay it on me, brother. Uh, Lay it on me. Okay. Well, first off, I've uh, um I'm, I've really been into as I said in, from the start this whole Elon Musk thing. <laughs> so, I've been listening mm-hmm. to Axios's podcast series How It Happened. They have right. like they will do like a very targeted number of episodes for every season for their subject in the past they did invasions the uh, putin's invasion of ukraine uh trump's assholery um sounds like a bunch and, of fake and news in this one yeah in this one they look at you know who is elon musk and how how did this all fucking happen it's it's very good if you're hungry for information on the lead up to what we're looking at because if you just look at youtube and try and get news on this it's very this is what happened you know <laughs> over the last course of the last day or two the same shit everyone's reporting this gives right. you background on everything and it's i love that he
0: yeah. that he made the bid and then tried to back out and twitter was like no fuck you and they went to court yeah. and forced him to buy it it's like he doesn't even want it now so some of that sort of explains some of his actions But at the same time, it's like you're willfully just pissing away forty four billion dollars, you asshole. Well, this is that's why I think that's why I do think he's just
2: dumb because having worked with Twitter, like actually as my job for a number of years, Mm -hmm. I can tell you they could not find a way to make money. They 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 started selling Mm -hmm. advertising late, and they could not, you know, get any uh, any ads that would bring them a return. It took them years to get any kind of advertiser base. Right. And then Elon shows up and the whole thing just fucking evaporates. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. He's fucked.
0: He's, uh, he's he fucked. Yeah. Yeah. But at least, you know, free speech comedy is not dead. And then, well, oh, by I the mean, way, you have to put parody on everything that has a comedy <laughs> thing about it. You know how,
2: <laughs> you know how Carrie Lake tweeted, uh, Arizonans know bullshit when they see it. And everyone oh, yeah. said, yes, well, we yeah, do. that's why they got rid of your ass. It's the same uh-huh. kind of thing when he says comedy is not dead. And then he proceeds to do pratfalls every day on, his, on yeah. Twitter.
0: Might yeah. I add so, that that, I mean, that Carrie Lake tweet was the best self-own I've read in forever. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so congrats yeah. to her. Yeah. I yeah. like it, it is a class
2: up from the tweet she was going to post, which is I'm a stupid, dumb, dumb, poopy head, stupid. Mm-hmm. No, no, I could do better than that. Um, Arizonans know bullshit when they see it.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we do. That's why uh, we voted for somebody who has absolutely no television personality <laughs> whatsoever. I mean, and, did you see the dude I from mean, Wisconsin?
0: Yeah. Oh my lord! It's like it's a breath of fresh air almost. How just stiff and like Here's- non-savvy these people are but (laughs) it works for me here's
2: something somebody is going to figure out someday the reason this shit wasn't so crazy when our parents were running the world is they voted for aka hired people who were boring and just did a fucking job it wasn't entertaining it wasn't team sports just get the fucker who can do the job that's it that's all you you gotta do
1: that, that explains biden
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you can hammer nails with Biden all day long, and he still works. It's yeah. There is <laughs> yep. no, no, no weird kind of uh
1: uh. I don't know. What are they? What is it? De- death cults. outrage well, politics. That, yeah. Yeah. That. But that's kind of it, right? That's why this stuff is winning. People voted for Biden because the message was. I have had to listen to what the fuck Donald Trump is saying every day for six years, and I just want some peace and fucking quiet, make it stop, and it still hasn't stopped.
2: I want to make, if he (laughs) runs again in 2024, I swear, I want to make a poster that says, Joe Biden, it's boxy, but it's safe.
1: (laughs) Right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Joe Biden's corpse. (laughs) over that like
2: whatever i mean all right i don't want exciting exciting. i want a proper manager
1: well r.i.p joe biden you won't you won't know what he's saying and you won't have to Uh. yes
2: it shows a certain (laughs) amount of faith in america that so many voters are basically like i can put in fucking anybody and it doesn't matter nothing will really burn down yeah Uh,
0: well
1: i like turns out if you put in trump yeah well i just (laughs) like that the
0: the red wave fizzled and they barely eked out a majority in the house and they ran on, you know, crime and inflation and we'll fix everything that's busted. And what's the first order of business. We're going to investigate the shit out of Hunter Biden because we're all a bunch of children. No shit. It's like, did you see the press
2: conference where they kept asking them about, uh, I I think it was something to do with January sixth and the guy's like, uh, can we please just keep it on Joe Biden? We'd really like it if we could just keep this on Joe Biden yeah. basically right yeah. out and said, uh our our messaging strategy is Joe Biden. Could you possibly play along with us yeah. on that? Yeah. yeah. Fuck you. So anyway, the other forward- podcast
0: I've been oh go ahead. I just I'm just looking forward to all the internecine argumentation. From the republican side like it's gonna suck but at the same time it's gonna be just a lot of schadenfreude being thrown daily no that's
2: so. actually that's gonna be a great movie is uh the movie about um oh, what is his name the guy who wants to be speaker that useless coward, uh, McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy? Useless coward man. Yeah, mccarthy mccarthy yeah Kevin mccarthy finally getting his dream job and absolutely no one will listen to him he's he, it's like he is <laughs> not he he cannot lose a single vote in order to get republicans to do anything and yeah. they're all gonna be just all the fuck over the place.
3: Well, it's gonna it's, be like <laughs>
2: You're gonna get Republicans caucusing with Democrats just so they can say, Would you please just just put in this thing yeah. about not taxing these people? You know, rather well, it's than gonna be
0: like, it's gonna be like Green and Getz and Bovert just like, Well, we'll give me that yeah. vote on the inflation reduction, but uh we're gonna have yeah. to add another investigation into Hunter and Joe. Exactly. So
2: all me, the Republicans no. who are not crazy are gonna be like, okay can you trust those those cunts or can you trust democrats <laughs> yeah. and they're going to go over to the democrats and say will you please just put uh, this into your fucking thing and i'll vote for it
0: it's going to be yeah. great there you yeah anyway the other we'll show say. i've
2: been listening to is investigate joe rogan i didn't talk about this already did i investigate no, joe no. rogan no so it's this oh okay no i didn't because i commented for once i left a review on someone else's podcast i rarely do this but Investigate Joe Rogan is this guy, <laughs> I love this, he basically, he, after every Joe Rogan episode, he goes back and he fact checks everything that happened in that episode <laughs> uh, of Joe Rogan. Yes, <laughs> oh,
0: yes. that and sounds awful. Yes.
2: Yeah, it's great. And he'll even say, I had a hard time with this one today because it was super boring. Rogan says that there are 11 dimensions
1: and maybe there could be universes and aliens in these other dimensions that could come and visit us. I am not going to spend an hour explaining why this doesn't make any sense, but basically the whole 11 dimensions thing is really just a mathematical model attempting to explain something. It is not a place that an alien could be living in. It is not like Rick and Morty. It is actually just a model That some nerd came up with and it does not it does not mean what rogan seems to think it means and
2: and the guy who does it has this great dry sense of humor that's just very oh god okay here we go again today i i i so highly recommend this i recommend this without listening to the joe rogan podcast because he'll tell you what happened he'll also tell you why it's horseshit and it is super funny it's a really sort of sort of stealth funny podcast. I can't I can't put it better than that. It they're none of them are very long. They're like anywhere between 6 and 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Uh they don't it's a nice little bite-sized chunk. Definitely download oh, it. Yeah, definitely add okay, it to your short, list of podcasts. Yeah, add it to your list of podcasts when you're driving in your car and it comes up in your podcast feed, let it roll cuz it's so fun. <laughs> I yeah big but yeah big that just sounds him.
1: that just sounds like the most miserable thing to produce right like yeah. oh my god <laughs> yeah. but, he, oh. yeah. but okay. he
2: does it well and and what I love is that he'll say okay such and such said that you know there were X number of you know child murders last year because of Democrats here's what the stats actually are and of course it has yeah. nothing to do with Democrats but whatever yeah. <laughs> Whatever. yeah uh, I, I, I do like this okay. show and it also it doesn't it doesn't show up regularly. It's like, it's very intermittent. Um, oh, so he's not doing this daily. No. No. So uh, it's like, okay. a, like a passion we see, project. It's, yeah, it's like every few days. Uh, maybe every, okay. actually, it looks like looking at the, the notes, it's like maybe every week or two. It's okay. This is not his full-time job. It's also not, well, I yeah. think, professionally produced. So it's got okay. that going okay. for it.
0: Which is nice.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes okay. it is
0: it is Joe like Rogan. for once
2: getting back to the way podcasts should be just some bozos with a microphone and no
0: corporate sponsorship thanks hey. for listening guilty everybody. as charged guilty as charged
3: yeah. <laughs> Word well
0: thanks up. for the kind thoughts okay uh, <laughs> was that was that our fresh day do we want to that get on it. with the show that was- already okay I think this is a long time coming. We've been doing this thing for like five years, and we had yet to talk about the Coen brothers, which is sort of like uh, one of the big film geeky uh, subjects that I, I think we've failed mm-hmm. to address. And uh, I, kinda, feel like di- kinda, I feel like I they're kind of divisive. Gen X filmmakers
2: who came up with us. It's like I feel like they've been around. Yeah, they have. Oh, they've yeah. been around since we were in high school, and they're right. still kind of with us they it's, yeah it's great they're not gen x their films are
0: uh so i find that they're very divisive because you get the people that aren't mm-hmm. film nerds who are just like oh whatever coen brother uh and on the other end of the spectrum you get the people that just get way too into it they're like acolytes almost and then there's us who like some of their stuff and who dislike some of their stuff and kind of Enjoy. So, yeah, yeah, I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna just set set the stage for me. I sorted their movies into some categories. I have yeah. favorites. Yeah, exactly. The ones I haven't seen that I know I should see. Right. The ones I'm medium on, the ones that I think are just straight up bad. Yeah. The ones I'm disappointed in, and the ones I'm indifferent to. Yeah. So and that's, those are my categories I as think they come up.
0: That's as as good a summation of the whole filmography of the Coen Brothers as I think we can come up with. Cause it's just, yeah. And
2: we got to assume if you're listening to this, you have an opinion or at least you've watched some of their
0: films, right? Yeah. This, this may be lost on people if it's like, yeah, I've never heard of these two assholes. Well, the challenge that I tried to bring, and it probably isn't going to be adhered to, uh, but we'll see was just to bring your top three, uh, for whatever reason, see what meshes, what commingles, And then we can talk about the, the mid brow stuff. And then just the flat-out, like, nope stuff that they've done. Okay. Uh, how okay. You know, however it rolls. But I think to start, we should just all give our top three or see if we can, like, be surprised by this, uh, and then go from there. How does that sound to you? Sure. I think that's okay. fair. All right. Uh, well, Brian, since you're sort of uh, listening all these out in true uh Computer science man mode.
1: Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> give us your. T- you guys you guys are going to hate me because of the ones I haven't seen. Oh, we don't care. Right? Like, we don't care. Your we top hate three you anyway, Brian. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. That's yeah, yeah, fair. Now, yeah. My top three in, <laughs> in no particular order. Okay. No particular order. And I don't think this is going to be a surprise. Right. Uh, Barton Fink, Miller's Crossing, and the Hudsucker Proxy. Interesting. Oh. All roughly around the same time. Okay okay
2: interesting yeah they're like they're all butted up against each other yeah well let me yeah.
0: let me let me write this down so that we can
1: come back to it so and that's not in any order that's just i mean yeah i i okay depends on the mood you're in right the, right right, the right different right. movies okay interesting so, yeah all right so that's
0: brian's uh mm-hmm. what are your top three eric The Big
2: Lebowski, Miller's Crossing, The Man Who Wasn't There.
0: Okay. Interesting. You know,
2: Barton Fink for a long time was my my total favorite of theirs, but I had to come back to it years later, and I was like, no, it made sense to me in my 20s. It doesn't make sense to me anymore. Or at least it isn't as good as it was.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Uh, Well, then my three, uh, and this is number one to number three, uh, is Big Lebowski, Miller's Crossing, and Barton Fink.
1: And we can get oh, into we so can... we're all agreed on Miller's Crossing. Miller's okay. Crossing yeah. is the best. It's Coen Brothers amazing. film. Apparently, It's fucking amazing. Uh, yeah. Well, let's let's just talk about that one first. Wait, what was I'm sorry. You said you said Big Lebowski, Miller's Crossing, and what was your third? Barton Fink. And Barton Fink. Yeah. None of us said Fargo. No, yeah. I
0: enjoy Fargo, but I find that that's sort of their. It's in their top. It took me a while. Yeah, but it's- that took it's, me a
2: while to get into Fargo. I yeah. actually kind of was annoyed by it at first.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's, it's not one that I go, and I'm also surprised that none of us did Raising Arizona, which is another one of those that's good, but it, it just sort of gets eked out by the other yeah. ones that made more
1: they, of it. They know. have so, so many Arizona's good films. Right. Raising Arizona's on my disappointed list. I watched it. It was hyped up, and I'm like, I wasn't feeling it. Um, I'll tell you guys that Lebowski was my number four. Okay. And that I've never seen Fargo, and that's where I thought the the, you know the hate was going to come from. No,
0: I mean, (laughs) I mean, you should at some point watch Fargo because it's very well done, and it it deserves all the accolades. But at the same time, it's not one that uh, I feel compelled to revisit. I'll watch it if it's on, but it's not one that I like watch a lot over and over and over. Whereas a lot of these I can. So so reality check. Okay, I'm
2: sorry. I just I want to say like the thing about Fargo. And Miller's Crossing, and a number of the movies we mentioned. Yeah, the Coen Brothers are really great at sort of. Uh, um, you feel cold when you're watching Fargo, you know? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel like you're in the 20s when you're watching Miller's Crossing. They are yeah. good at it's. It's not ambiance; it's something else. It's there's a perfect word for it, but uh, they're, they're good yeah, at, s- they, at they, setting
0: they, setting the scene.
2: Yeah. But but like putting you in it, yeah. Uh, like oh you know, brother,
0: where art thou? I just feel sweaty the entire time I watch that thing. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I mean? exactly. So it's, yeah, so uh, I get it. But okay, so Miller's Crossing showed
1: up on all three lists, so we might as well just get that was out of them. Was that the first Coen Brothers movie you saw? Yes or no? Ever? No, no. Yeah. Ra- Raising Arizona no, was the first okay. one I saw. Okay, it was my first. So I was wondering if that was an influence there.
0: Yeah, I, it's like the, it's their for, third I movie. Saw,
1: yeah. I did see blood
2: simple on cable, but of course I didn't know I was watching a Coen brothers movie. Right. I thought I was just watching. a movie. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, which is weird. Like blood simple. If you watch it, it's like, there are so many people that came out of that. Uh, yes. Like, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Oh shit. I to- I'm totally blanking on his name right now, but he ended up making the Adams family and get shorty, uh, Sonnenfeld. Yeah. Barry Sonnenfeld yeah. was their, their DP for like their first, like three films. Uh, And then he jumped jumped ship and became his own thing. Um, Francis McDormand was in that. Francis McDormand. Dan Hedaya. Yeah, who ended up at his family. And then you also get their their weird commingling with Sam Raimi in the 80s uh, doing like Crime Wave, which is a shitty movie, but it's still interesting to watch as a curiosity. Uh, So it's like this weird thread of like all these things that come out of their early career. Um, But by the time you get to Miller's Crossing, it's their their full-on output filmography. Like the 90s is where they just hit the ground running and made just boom, 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 boom. And uh, it's just – it's such a good homage to Raymond Chandler, Dashiell Hammett, Mm -hmm. uh, Sam – I mean, it's just – everything clicks in this movie for me. It's got the patter – it's got the fun yeah. Byzantine, just dead end plot. It's structured threads.
2: correctly. Yeah, there's no, there's no again, no filler. Everything yeah. makes absolute sense, and yet it also has those moments of non reality right. that are comic booky. But right. the thing is, mm-hmm. they're comic booky in that way that says, "This is what you paid for. This right. is why you're here." Well, for this- the unrealistic ripping apart of a shop front with Tommy guns. This yeah. is what this is.
0: Yeah, it's definitely uh, them going this is our fever dream of a gangster movie and it just, everything works. The cast is amazing. The characters are fun. Cause if you look at something like Miller's crossing, and compare it to something like road to perdition. It's like road to perdition. Yes, just I was like about a fucking, to do that. Yeah. It feels like a student film based on compared to Miller's crossing. It's just incredible. Yeah. So,
2: and road to perdition is probably a more grounded, accurate view of right. the subject, but without the sort of flash of what happens in Miller's Crossing? You don't care. Yeah. I thought Road to Perdition was quite good. I haven't watched it in years, but every yeah. time Miller's Crossing comes on, I've got to sit down.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I love it so much. There's like that whole uh, dissection of Tom Regan's dream about his hat, and then she pipes in and mm. tries to finish it. He's like, no, you dolt. It's just a hat, <laughs> you know, it's just like yeah. they, they, they build up this mythos and then they just deflate it almost immediately. And they keep doing that through the entire yeah. movie. And I just a love, a fool chases his
2: it. hat. Yeah. That's, that's I think that the whole movie is that a fool chases after his hat. It's like, yeah. no matter how much I want or need something to make me happy. Fuck it. Yeah. A fool chases after that. <laughs> so, it's so good.
0: So did you see that when you were working in, uh, in the theater, Brian?
1: Miller's Crossing, yeah, I, I have no idea. I saw it with you. I'm pretty sure. I well, mean, that, that was, was kind of
0: that was when you lived in that S- point
1: in time. Yeah, that
0: was when you lived in SoCal, and I was going to SC, and I, w- yeah, and we would like yeah. hang out for the weekend, and you worked at that theater, so I. I didn't have a car, so I mean, you would just like yeah, take. If me I was to... living
1: in SoCal, yeah. then yeah, I would have been working in the theater yeah. for sure.
0: So it's like I would just yeah. ride with you to work, and I would just watch movies all day until you <laughs> you were off, so I could get a ride home. And that was <laughs> that was one of the ones that I saw, uh and I just I just was floored by it. It's just so beautiful to look at. There's like that whole sequence where the house is on fire because Albert Finney has done his artistry with the Tommy gun, and uh, yeah. it's just like. Piece together. That was so great.
2: Perfect. That was so great. When he rolls out the window and drops off the awning and then just (laughs) blast the shit out of that car. (laughs) Uh, So again, all unrealistic, all all operatic. That's another thing. The Mm -hmm. Coen Brothers have this sense of operatic uh, 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 presentation. Right. You know, that's one of those moments that's just it. Just it just shines. It's like a Baz Luhrmann sort of spectacle.
0: Yeah, Mm, but it works. mm -hmm. But uh, I will point out that all three of mine have John Turturro in them, so I think that's my thread. Mm -hmm. If if your Coen Brothers Brothers movie doesn't have John Turturro, apparently I'm not as enthralled with it. So take that as you will. (laughs) Uh, Fair enough. So so this was your first Coen Brothers. I can't even imagine that. So you hadn't seen Raising Arizona at that point. In
1: 1990. Not at that point, no. I watched it on wow. video some time later, okay. yeah. That explains why it's
0: probably not as ranked for you. I worked
2: at the movie Superstore at the time, and we were always playing Raising Arizona in there because we were all addicted to it. And then I heard the guys who made this have another movie coming out. So I went to the theater to see Miller's Crossing, and I was like, one, this is not Raising Arizona. Two, these guys are fucking geniuses. And so I think Miller's Crossing is what finally got me on board with them just as a fan.
0: Well, if you look at their first three films, like they start with Blood Simple, which is a really just low budget thriller. Student film. But has a lot of potential and you could see where they sort of refined some of their stuff. Mm. And then you followed up three years later with the completely opposite screwball fantasy dream of a movie called Raising Arizona. And then they three years later follow that up with a total bend of of an established genre. I mean, it's just you can kind of see that they're, these guys are, are not going to get pinned down. And so yeah. by, the t- by the time but they got they, to Miller's Crossing, I was like, oh, these are going to be a force to be right. reckoned with.
2: You can see their budgets increasing and they know what to do with the money. Right. That's another good thing. Right. They're, not, they're not retreading at only maybe a little bit better. You know? okay. No, they're, they're like, we're going to depart completely. I like that when they came out with the director's cut of Blood Simple, they cut footage. That instead yeah. of just adding stuff that they weren't able yeah. to put in, mm. they looked at Blood Simple and they said, we were kids who didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We were too full of ourselves. A lot of yeah. this could be trimmed.
0: Well, they had sense enough to cast M.M. at Walsh, who, let us I mean, yeah. honestly, if you don't have him in that, Blood Simple is not going to be anything that mm. makes an impression uh, overall. But by the yeah. time you get him in Raising Arizona, you say you would play that in the movie theater or the video store. So we he's got the it,
3: sandwich
2: in the one hand, hand and, and the fucking hand, hand in hand. the other. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we would play that like that when you could play PG-13 movies in a video store. And like literally everybody would just stop at the counter and just watch for like two or three minutes. I mean, yeah. it was like like <laughs> like a bomb. <laughs> so yeah. that was always fun to watch. Uh, so, yeah. All right, so *Miller's Crossing*, we all agree on that one. So that, by yeah. default, makes that their best movie. Then, based Guess on our, so. based on our, <laughs> our, our according
2: to us, yeah, yeah,
0: okay. Uh, so the other, the other two. Well, I, I mesh up with both of you. So, Eric doesn't like *Barton Fink* much, but Brian and I both listen. I
2: like, I like it. I don't think, I don't think of it the way I thought of it in my early twenties. Right. I it's think a, that is a movie. He's grown born, out of it. Yeah. A, young, That is a movie for young artists, yeah. basically. It's,
0: a, yes. it's very dense. There's a lot going on in there. I think it's one of the ones that I went, because it had won the, like the Palme d'Or at Con that year, 1991. It was their follow-up to Miller's Crossing. I was fully on board. And then when I went and saw it in the theater, I probably watched it like two or three times that year. And it just floored It made such an impression on me, and I can't even explain it. Uh, because it was just all of the weird thematic motifs about the trapped artist. Is he a sellout? Is he losing his mind? He's trapped in this hotel, but is the hotel really the inside of John Goodman's head because the wallpaper leaks the goo, but his ears leaking the goo. And it's like, what in the fuck am I watching? It was so out there and it just, it made such an impression. And then by the end, the, the hotel's on fire and it's like, he's just literally gone to hell. I mean, it was just like, wow. So.
1: It it definitely did it for me,
0: but I don't know if that's the experience you had. Maybe that's not why well, you put it on your list. Part brand, of but, the you know.
1: experience I had was you going like full geek out on this movie. <laughs> I, I loved it so much, right? Yeah. So you know, it it was hard not to be influenced by your just enthusiasm, right? Oh. And and your desire to watch it again and yeah. again. You know, it's like because I'll admit the first time I watched it, I was kind of like. Huh. It's it's a bit okay. it's a bit confounding. And
0: yeah, it's confounding at first. Yeah,
1: and and the fact that you know hanging out with you meant I watched it several times <laughs> meant that I, I had to wrestle with it.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. You're so welcome. So. But I love that it. it's the it's the first film where you see Steve Buscemi show up and get killed. They, that starts the run of that in their the movies. The first it's of like, many. Yeah, yeah. we're going to put Buscemi in it, but he's got to die. I mean, it's like, it was like clockwork. It was so funny that yeah. when you look back on that thread.
2: I, uh, I remember, like, I, I think you gave me the theory that these are this is the afterlife, basically, of all the bad people from Miller's Crossing.
0: It, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's just mean, all of them in hell,
2: basically. Uh, but uh, just, but yeah. just, I... But, I, I thought the idea, though, of the message that the artist isn't really an artist if he's just writing about himself, that he has yeah. to actually listen to the outside world. And that's yeah. ultimately Barton Fink's greatest sin, is that he's full of his own shit and yeah. doesn't listen. Um,
0: that's right for the Yeah, I love man. that. Yeah. 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 As long as it's got that Barton Fink feeling. It's like what the fuck does that mean? I love it. Just all the the Hollywood doublespeak, and he just gets far, further and further away from what he set out to do
1: because he just gets yeah. subsumed by Hollywood. I mean, it's just yeah. Well, and that was that was actually an interesting thing looking back on it. Right? Is at the time I you know I was I was taking that as a Cohen brothers feeling, and because this was so totally all of their movies are totally different. If you think about it, they're really just you know, what genre are we going to do next? Right. Right. E- every time. And so to some degree, they're trying to avoid having a Coen brothers feeling. I think that there is kind of one, but it's inconsistent it's, yeah. and it's, it's, it's also, not really the main substance of the film. Yeah. It's kind that of makes
0: sense. No, it, it's true. I would agree with that. It's a very ethereal thing because you know, when you're watching a Coen brothers movie, but at the same time, you can't really pin it down. I think that's part of their charm for me. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely intriguing. But the fact that they just they tackle different genres uh, almost every time they do a movie, and they, they bend it, and I think that's what I like. Because Blood Simple is a straightforward sort of horror film, almost, but low budget. And then this, like Barton Fink is literally like, oh, we've got a budget now. We're going to make a horror movie. But it's like a psychological horror movie, so it's almost like a Roman Polanski sort of a vibe. And I just I, I just it works on so many levels for me. So and that's part of their charm is that if you're, if you're a film nerd, uh, you you get wrapped up in your own head about what they're doing, and it, like it probably doesn't even relate to what they're actually trying to accomplish, but you just I spin off into all these other things uh, for what it means to me, and I think that's why they have such a, a lengthy career now, because they just like, here it is. People make up their own mind. But there you go. Uh, so what was the other? Oh, Big Lebowski. That was the other one I agreed with. And that was with Eric. I knew I would match with Eric on that one. Sure. yeah. Uh, sure. But, but you've seen it, right, Brian? Absolutely
2: the best. Oh, sure. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah. who hasn't seen the Big Lebowski? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's rare that I can revisit a movie and still laugh, even though I know the joke is coming. Yeah. But yeah. it does it to me every single time. It's like magic. I, I That's a movie it's, that tells oh. you
2: right up front, this is nihilism. Yeah. You know, it's like we it's, even yeah. have characters who are nihilist. But we're going to tell you, nothing None. in this really means anything. Yeah. You know?
0: Uh, but the fact that it's sort of like uh, Dashiell Hammett, like Red Harvest, where it's just the- Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's the private investigator who basically is stuck in the middle playing both sides against each other. But the fact that the dude just doesn't even understand what he's doing, but it's happening anyway, I think it's just the most perfect uh, detective story ever. He's just so inept because he's just totally burnt out from all the weed (laughs) and the White Russians that he's just oblivious to anything. But he still manages to somehow put the pieces together almost. And then he's like backed up with his crazy entourage. So you got Goodman as Walter. You got Buscemi. As Donnie, you've got Torturo as Jesus in the, in the side. I mean, it's just there's so many things going on, and just I don't. It's like a, a delicate balancing act that they just make fit, and I'm always astonished at because the whole thing should just fall apart immediately, and yet it does not. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. It's the
2: craziness. It's <laughs> that's that's it's the the yeah it's the insanity. It's and again it's ultimately very character driven right but it's character driven without caring really about the structure the story or the plot
0: of which is the which really, normally is a yeah. little
2: bit yeah. pedantic it's a little like oh god we have to keep hearing people talk but no yeah. it's so funny <laughs> you don't care
0: <laughs> uh, and it's so eminently quotable that's what kills me cuz it's just like it moves from from one yeah. bit to the next and It took me a few views, but when you watch it now, like, in the first scene in the bowling alley where they talk about the rug, they peed on my rug, they peed on your fucking rug. And they, like, do this whole circular thing where it's a lot of repetition. I'm like, that sounds like, it's almost like a David Mamet script in that regard. It's, like, it's very stylized. Yeah,
2: I always had a feeling that when they were hanging out, not just the two of them, but them and whoever else it is that they bounce ideas off of, like... Right. You know, like Raimi or whoever the Raimi, their Raimi in their life was at that moment. That they were walking around laughing their asses off and improving that the whole Probably. time. It certainly brought the mm. room together, did it not? <laughs> it's like they just kept saying the same joke. Yeah. And yeah. But that's but the that's fact that, why it sounds the so, way it does.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the reason this movie slips down my my list a couple notches is it's it's hard for me to it's one of those pieces of art that's hard to separate from its fans. Right. And there's enough people who like, want to be the dude a little too much yeah. that it, it <laughs> I know, sucks. That's, no, that's fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I can separate yeah.
0: from that because it, it tanked at the box office. Like, it was like crickets. Nobody understood it. Uh, and it was only a few that's... years later that people sort of coalesced around it and then dudism became mm. a thing. That is the other thing about this film
2: that I love. Okay, there is a classic um, myth uh, or truism maybe that when you win, when you sweep at the Academy Award, your career's yeah. done. It happened to uh, uh, Billy Wilder famously after The Apartment. Right. Well, they had just like, had a big fucking knockout win with Fargo two years earlier. And so it was like, oh, whatever they do next has to measure up to this. And I yeah. feel like they said, all right, let's go with that crazy fuck go nowhere idea. Let's like intentionally <laughs> take the piss out of it. Let's exactly. make the movie that is intentionally pushing the controls down and aiming the plane at the, uh, you know, at the bottom of the earth. Yeah. Let's
0: just crash. I could just see it and- like, like like being Walter when they're doing this. <laughs> this is what happens
1: when you fuck a stranger in the ass, Larry.
0: Yes. <laughs> like smash. Yeah.
2: Uh, let's, it's, yeah, glee- it's gleeful. Let's go with that, that idea we had with all those characters who were like just L.A. trash. Yeah, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: And, then, and, and then, it's then here's the very next thing they come out with.
0: Yeah, and then here's an idea. Let's just make uh, Sam Elliott the narrator for no fucking reason whatsoever. I mean, it's just like Most none of it makes any narration sense. of oh,
2: all time so. is so beautiful. And yeah. then he shows up, and well, you know, sometimes you eat the bar, and sometimes the bar eats you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's
1: like sage wisdom, sir. So I, I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear Eric talk about um, the man who wasn't there. Yeah, that's uh, one. That's a tough. One. That I don't have any opinion about what whatsoever. I haven't seen it. I don't feel a need to see it. So sell I, me on. Yeah, this. because that uh, slipped. I've through tried to the watch cracks.
0: It, I've tried to watch it twice, and I think I was just uh, too tired each time because I've always fallen asleep every attempt I've made to watch it. Yeah, it's a that
2: definitely. It's one of their least uh, referenced ones, granted, mm-hmm. but it's. It is a noir crime, uh, film. It really, this is very Raymond Chandler, you know, this is, um, double indemnity in a way or postman. Right. Uh, with a man whose, uh, wife was cheating on him with, uh, if I remember correctly, his boss and they are murdered and he is framed for it. And, but no, he did it. But he is, he is basically trying to, um, he doesn't care the whole time. Everybody is basically taking advantage of the situation around him and he's just like, what fucking ever, uh, (laughs) it's so dark. It is so oppressively dark. And I love it for that. I love how unapologetic it is with, you know, with its treatment of people i think it i think it died also on the vine because it was right on top of nine eleven and no one was ready for yeah cynicism of this level after you know like mm. three thousand yeah. people got you know baked in a uh, uh terrorist attack yeah By but a Tesla it is- that hit a building <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. yes uh, it well, is an interesting uh, choice. yeah yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, shot, it's, it's dedicated to that look too. It does look like real film noir. Right. Because Roger film noir Deacon was never. shot s- that movie. Yeah. Yeah, so, it was never, they, they've been film using noir since- was never, Film noir was never something they did for effect. It was because they didn't have the money. So they were shooting it in black and white and they decided to rely on lighting to make things interesting. And so they said, yeah, let's do that. And they do it very, very well. Right. And Billy Bob Thornton owns the idea of the nihilistic villain of the world. Uh, even the b- other bad people in this don't measure up to him. They're doing things actively mean to him. Right. Uh, Tony Shaloub is his lawyer who is just there to you know take his money until he has, doesn't have any money anymore. Uh, James Gandolfini is banging his wife, and his wife is... You know, cheating on him and nobody seems to care as they do it right in front of him. No one's as dark as he is, though, because he doesn't (laughs) care.
3: Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I think
2: it's more than just my own antipathy for life that makes me (laughs) like this film. Yeah. It is the style that they approach it with and the unapologetic darkness.
0: It's just a tough nut to crack, Mm. I'll be honest with you. So uh, I'll, I'll give it another shot at some point. Maybe I'll make sure I drink a bunch of coffee so I don't fall asleep, but it's it's basically just disease, man, every time I've tried it. Yeah, Uh, it's,
2: yeah, it's, you need to, yeah, you need to be in the mood for it. And I do think it helps if you're in a theater. That's another thing. This is not a movie for TV. Yeah. It's. Okay. There's some mm-hmm. movies where it's like you need to be in the theater not because of the spectacle, yeah. but because it demands your attention. Would I you can't s- watch Mildred Pierce, no. and yet Mildred Pierce was one of the biggest films of its time for the exact same reason. You have to, be, you have to have somebody grab you by the scruff of your neck and fucking make you watch it. Yeah.
0: Would you say that that's the same reason uh, for Hudsucker Proxy? Like, does that need to be seen on the big screen? Um, ah. it doesn't hurt because I doesn't hurt because I saw it at the chin and Capri because it was on the heels of Barton Fink. Uh and I'm I'm intrigued at this choice Brian because this is one of my least favorite Cohen Brothers movie. Really? Period. I have always loved yeah. this movie. I just, this
1: is this is like Jimmy Stewart and Katherine Hepburn make Brazil in the 30s. Uh, like it's it's just it's it was, it's a screwball comedy. Yeah. It's got the rapid-fire dialogue. It's got the witty, you know, people bouncing off each other. It's it It kind of has a, and, you know, it's early 90s. There's a bit of an influence of Tim Burton here. A little bit. Um, Just sort of the, you know, the way it's shot and the fantasy bits of it.
0: I think where it loses me is is that it's uh, produced by Joel Silver. So this almost seems like they made their deal with the devil to get this movie made. And it just, it never Mm. sat right with me, ever. I can't yeah, explain it. No, it's
1: it's you know, it's it's an it's a naive kid uh runs into the harsh reality of the adult world. It's a capper movie. Um, That's what it is. It's it's yeah, it's I mean it's a light, frothy, fun but but has a twinge of cynicism and darkness to it and it's very very beautifully shot. Yeah. Uh yeah, I love it. I think it's just it it's fun. It's it, you know, it's for it's kids. It's for kids. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just Coen uh, brothers for kids. I, I mean, maybe I mean I literally haven't
0: watched it since maybe like mid '90s when I tried to revisit it. Just never clicked with me. But in that span of time, in thirty years, I have absorbed way more of that depression era comedy. So it may play better for me if I rewatch it. But uh, yeah, I
1: mean, it, it is not serious cinema no. the way some of these other movies are. It's not okay. It's but. I really had yeah. a fun time with it. That I just, was well made. It's, for so, what it is. it's a, one I
2: did not care for when I first saw it, but yeah. my wife is a huge fan of it. And so I watched it again with her and through her, I realized, yeah, I do like this film because of its joyful innocence.
0: So it is Je- a Frank yeah. Capra film. Yeah. So, but Jennifer Jason mm-hmm. Leigh's uh, character choice with that voice doesn't bother you. Cause that's the only thing. No, I hear when I watch this, <laughs> no, script. it okay. absolutely makes Spot sense. On. Okay, yeah. I just if you're considering me. the the Hepburn. genre, yeah. yeah.
2: If you if you're looking at the genre and what it's trying to achieve, you yeah. need that person well, going, I, and and she'll go for it too. Yeah.
0: Well, it may I, I, again, this is one I'll have to revisit to see if it moves up because in the span of time since I watched it originally, I have absorbed like the Catherine Hepper and Rosalind Russell the screwball comedy stuff a lot more than i had at that point so i think it would make more of an impression now is what i'm hearing yeah i might have to give it a shot
2: and and of course since it's a reaction to those kinds of movies it's basically it's the same thing with miller's crossing i'm going to take the things i like so much about Mm -hmm. these movies and i'm going to concentrate it you know i'm not going to actually make one of those movies i'm going to make my version of that which is going to make a spectacle of the parts i like Okay. what i think is interesting about uh Hudsaker proxy is that as a joel silver produced film it contains the four things all joel silver movies <laughs> right. contain yeah uh heights right it, it all his movies have heights as some right. kind of uh uh sure. you know, fear you know <laughs> it's like die hard in a building um you know ricochet where we're having mm-hmm. the fight on top of the big wire right
3: uh,
2: yeah uh, and, and of course, Hudsucker's got heights as a, uh, a fear element, uh, wet streets. Yeah. There, uh, there's always somebody running on wet streets. Right. There's always fights at night. Right. <laughs> and there's always a helicopter. And I watched this going, okay, wait, I've got the three. Where's the helicopter? And it's God angel, damn it. Right? But, mm-hmm. um, when the angel shows up, his halo is spinning. Uh, to keep him aloft
0: it's a cheap, yep it's, it's yep, it, okay. they
2: they know what i know they were saying well you know what joel says a helicopter has to find a way its way in here somewhere so how about if his halo is sp- there you go i'm not the only one thinking of this shit no if they no, did that
3: <laughs>
1: okay so, so i want to just note we're getting a little long on time we wanted to hit some of the bottoms can we just kind of like yeah. call them no. out without going too deep yeah, yeah i just good. want to i don't want to talk that, about uh, the ones i don't like
0: that, the, that we all basically
1: focused on their 90s work. Uh, yeah, because like, we were all in our early 20s. So that's well, when they were good. Yeah. We were inspired. I by think that's when they I were think, better.
0: Yeah. I think when you, you get up to, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou, is where they sort of peak. And then it sort of becomes mm-hmm. this roller coaster uh, of quality for me. So hit me. They, when they do After No Country
2: for Old Men, which is, you know, um, I think the last time they, they, they hit true high, they try and do the thing again with Lebowski by making burn after reading, yeah. which is a throwaway, but nobody oh, was in it's on one the of joke. my bottoms. Yeah. It's one yeah, of my bottoms. Nobody, burn nobody cared about sucks. the joke. Although it's and got so that, everything after that is please, you know, like, yeah. I don't know, don't write us off. <laughs> although,
0: although burn after reading has that great, uh, gif of Brad Pitt running on the treadmill that you see everywhere. Yeah. So. That's, that's its leading. Whoopee. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, but if you look at like, uh, the man who wasn't there, which is Eric's favorite. So we'll, we'll put it at sort of the Acme, but then you get intolerable cruelty and the lady killers, which are two of the worst. Yeah. Yeah. The
2: lady
1: killers is those uh, two films.
0: Those two films
2: for me compete for worst film of all time. I mean, they are both so just just aggressively bad yeah the lady killers is again them doing sort of uh uh ambiance the way you'd expect them to do it you know because i do feel kind of sweaty and gritty and yucky watching it intolerable cruelty is just repeatedly being punched in the nuts and so i don't know which one of those two i hate more but i
0: fucking hate so well, much intolerable. Colesy is not even one that they wrote themselves. They had come in and did some cleanup or something, and then it was in development and went away, and they just decided to do it. So it just feels like an abortion almost. Uh you know? so okay, they're terrible.
2: Uh, but then well, they then, with- okay, they are partially forgiven, I yeah. guess. But that's. But of- it also means they didn't have any shit on the shelf, yeah. and so they decided to just make a movie for the sake of making a movie, which is always a recipe for yeah. disaster. I, I,
1: I will say one kind thing about the Lady Killers, uh-huh. and that is it has a little bit of similarity with and is superior to The Estate with Oof. Kathleen Turner. Oof. But that's how bad The Estate is because the Lady Killers fucking sucks. <laughs> just
0: just watch the original with Peter or uh, with Alec Guinness. It's so superior. Yeah. Uh, but then that's sort of their nadir. But then they come out of the gate, do No Country for Old Men, that goes bonkers, and they win all the awards and finally get their Oscar for Best Picture again. Uh, finally again? Finally oh, oh, again. yeah, The Return, yeah. Uh, and it's sort of a return to form, but this is also a very dense movie based on a Cormac McCarthy novel, and it's just... Uh, it it takes several views. I mean I didn't Yes. I didn't really get into it the first time and then after repeated views I'm like, Oh, okay. I finally Same. kind of get it. And so it's definitely I think ranked. It's not my top, but it's definitely within my top like five or six.
2: Yeah. It is really great to see it. Oh, it is a really sure, great right? western. Yeah. They're, the second half of their career is largely Westerns, and this is a very good western. Uh
0: yeah. But, yeah,
2: it does take multiple viewing. Yeah. Uh,
0: and then, on the li- I've never seen A Serious Man. I've never seen Inside Lewin Davis. Uh, so, I have nothing to say about those. Uh, yeah, don't care. Yeah, True Grit is done. Uh,
1: I didn't like Buster Scruggs as much as you did, Chris. I thought it was kind of lame. Uh,
0: yeah, I haven't watched it since then. So, I don't know if I'll feel as good about it. Buster true-
2: Scruggs, to me, felt like the, uh, the Dave Chappelle show. Yeah, you know, which was did, like yeah. his joke book very sketchy in skit form. Yeah. This is like their idea for westerns in skit form. Which, you know, we can't mm-hmm. we're not going to bother doing the whole thing. We're yeah. just here's a quick
0: one. But then there's True Grit, which is another like straight-up remake. So there's The Lady Killers and True Grit. Mm-hmm. Uh I, it's enjoyable, but again, uh how how hard is it to improve on the the John Wayne clunker? Uh in yeah. Grit.
2: Know, yeah, True Grit is is really I think very well executed, but did we need it? No. That's kind of my thing. It's, it's like, just, it's, yeah. yeah, it's really good. Jeff Bridges is a fucking you know great casting yeah. choice. Do we need this film? Yeah. Not really. It just
0: it just felt very masturbatory on their part. Uh, so yeah, whatever. And then Hail Caesar, which is just a, a straight up love letter to old Hollywood. Yeah, and it's it's Underrated. a large, it's slight, but it's yeah. so much fun. uh yeah. even though it does, it's it, in my gosh, medium. Yeah. Got so shit on when it came
2: out, and when I finally saw it, I was like, oh no, yeah. there's some gems in here. It's, this is it's really good. It's such a
0: little bonbon, and then you get the whole dance number with Channing Tatum in the middle for, no, <laughs> for really no reason other than yeah, because hey, Channing Tatum knows how to dance, and it's just like, uh, it's so much fun. So, uh, mm. so, it's so yeah, in summation, go watch Miller's Crossing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, go watch any of them, really, and make up your own damn yeah. mind, but uh, definitely watch Miller's Crossing.
2: But don't, 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 like, if you watch the Lady Killers, do it with your finger on the stop button because you you don't need that in your head. (laughs) You You don't need that rattling around. That's
0: that's just. You you (laughs)
2: have a positive opinion of Tom Hanks a little longer. That's
0: just like your opinion, man. And
1: get back a bit oh, hey, if you've got an opinion, hit us up. We're probably not on Twitter anymore, except maybe we are, so whatever. That's yeah. at MagHuge if it still exists. What's Twitter? Um, but yeah, our website is maghuge.com, M A G H U G E. It's got links to reach us on Facebook and Instagram and, and that. things that aren't Twitter. All that stuff. Uh, as always, subscribe to the podcast, please. Just, you know, grow it. Share it on your social media feeds with friends. We're rate it on sick iTunes. sick of
0: getting to high hat. That's
1: all. Yeah. That's all.
2: The old man is still an artist with the Thompson. (laughs) It's just a hat.